Hey, Bus Bunch Babes, I'm excited for you to get introduced to the fantastic Gary Christensen. He is our favorite home inspector. He's the owner and founder of Due North Property Inspection. And we're going to dig into all the myths and what you need to know if you're buying or selling a home this season or any season. Let's dive in. You're listening to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bunch podcast where we invite you to check your ego at the app, grab a cup of coffee, and get ready to dive into all things real estate marketing, social media, friendship, hardship, love, money mindset, and all the things that celebrate you as a badass boss babe. We're here to encourage you, show up for you, give you a loving kick in the pants when you need it most, and be your soft place to land on the hardest of days. So pull up a seat at our table and get ready to be inspired and start living your best life by design. Welcome to the Girl Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. We are so excited you're here. Okay, girls, let's dive in. All right, Bus Bench babes, we are literally in the throes of spring real estate market. And we have one of our favorite inspectors on today, and we're going to do a deep dive into all things inspections. We're going to um, debunk some myths out there and really give you all the information that you need to know to be successful as a buyer and a seller in this hot market. So I want to welcome Gary Christensen, the owner of Due North Property Inspection here today. Welcome, Gary. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, this is awesome. This is going to be a fun conversation. So I met you, I want to say like two years ago. Yeah. So some of my friends were buying a cabin or considering buying a cabin out in Annandale. And none of my regular inspectors that I worked with back in the day would drive to Annandale. And so I'm like, if you want to get a pre-inspection on this place before we write an offer, I'm like, I need you to dig in and do a little bit of work and find me an inspector. So I meet my client's husband and you at this property. And I'm like, this guy is awesome. You were so detailed. You were like so professional. I'm like, yeah, I need your card because I feel like a lot of the inspectors that we had been working with are sort of aging out of the system and they just are not tech savvy and you made the process so much easier. So that's how we got to where we are today. Yeah, and if I remember right, I think that was even a walk and talk. I think that it was, was just like, a, we were there it for was. an hour. Yeah, because I like I knew, I'm like, we need to get some eyeballs on this property in yeah. order to be able to write a competitive offer. And that house sold for, I don't know, like a couple hundred thousand dollars over, over asking. Jeez. It's crazy. It was a great cabin, but it was. It was. Yeah. It was like, they used it as an Airbnb. Uh, okay. So someone was using it as an income property slash cabin. So yep. that thing was a cash cow because it sure. was so damn cute. Yep. Yeah, on a great lake. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us your background and like what, you know, what do you do when you're not working and all that type of thing. Background. Well, I own Do North Property Inspection. I started this in 2019. Prior to that, I spent about 18 years in corporate America. Uh, So I was always in the marketing realm or marketing side of things and somehow find myself in industrial distribution of all things. Uh, probably okay. one of the most boring, unsexy industries <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah, that like doesn't sound super glamorous, no. So I did that for 18 years, and I, I kind of, um, I reached this point where, you know, a couple things were coming together. I was I was about to turn 40. I had always wanted to start my own business, and I was really getting burnt out of corporate America and the politics mm-hmm. and the BS that can go with it at some time. So 
um, prior to turning 40, I said, okay, if I don't do this now, it's I'm going to yeah, have regret and I don't want to do it. So yeah. I I did. I cut, cut bait and went all in and started doing North property inspection. And it's been awesome. I mean, it's, I mean, some of the things that I, were, I was looking forward to was getting out from behind the desk, being able to help people directly one-on-one every day and having just more control over what I do versus just marketing and selling a billion widgets for somebody mm-hmm. you know so um my but fr- why home inspections so i think that that goes back even further so if if i look at my upbringing i was blessed to have one of those dads that can do or fix just about anything so growing up we were always helping out with remodeling a kitchen remodeling a bathroom building a bunkhouse uh we just we just did that ourselves okay um and so i didn't really i didn't really gather that that's not how the rest of the world did that probably until <laughs> no like most people school. are not handy at all yeah and yeah. and so even nowadays you know when people ask me how do you do this i always have to kind of remind myself that okay not everybody mm-hmm. can do even what i think is is a really straightforward simple thing mm-hmm. um so that was kind of my upbringing so i was always really familiar with tools working with my hands working around the house um and then as part of kind of that 18 years in corporate America, I moved around a lot. I moved from Minneapolis to Victoria to Stillwater to East Grand Forks to Thief River Falls, back to Minneapolis to Albertville, and then to St. Michael, where I am now. So I had been through this, the home buying and selling process mm-hmm. a ton. A lot, yeah. And I, again, being a hands-on person, I was always there with the inspector. And I was, I'm always curious about learning and things. What are they looking at? How are they looking at? What's a concern? What's not a concern to them? Um so I I actually started pondering home inspection as kind of a maybe even a side gig or or a business opportunity probably five years or so before I started Do North. Okay. Um, but it wasn't until one of my moves took me up way up to Thief River Falls. I was working for a company called DigiKey, and they were growing so fast that the market was insanely tight up there. I mean, you had you couldn't. I mean, the market down here is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Up there, I magnify it by twofold. Oh wow! So the, it was just in the houses middle of nowhere. Fly, in the middle of nowhere. So <laughs> in order to get a house, I was living in East Grand Forks at the time, but I was commuting fifty miles each way. Oh yeah, every that's day. a nightmare. So this little farmstead came up for sale, and it hadn't been touched or updated for fifty years. Um, and I sat down and I talked with the owner because he was doing a for sale by owner and just kind of <laughs> sat there with him. I, and like, I, I stopped by sale. and visited him with him probably four or five times. Okay. And I said, okay, I think I can do this. And and, and the plan was I'll just kind of take it one room at a time and just update it. Um, so we bought the house and it was a steal of a deal. You know, like I said, old farmstead. But as soon as I got into ripping down the bathroom, which is the first room I, I chose to go after... I saw the jankiest electrical connection held together with electrical <laughs> tape, and I was it's like, "It's a total fire yeah, hazard." I was just like, I'm never, "I will never down. be able to sleep in here and bring my my young boys in here yeah. until it, we just have to gut it now." Yeah. So we got it down to the studs, and in a period of three months, we redid the entire thing, wow. and it was it, it was during that process that I kind of figured out like. I enjoy this yeah. so much more than my day job and sitting yeah. behind a desk and sitting through boring meetings and ripping off a ton of emails that I was like, how do I figure out how to blend some of this with a business opportunity or something that excites me that I can grow? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what brought me to home inspections. That's awesome. Um, okay. Let's talk about 
actual inspections. Like right now, it, things are freaking crazy. Um, the market's nuts. And the stats are about 40% of buyers right now are not getting inspections, which is terrifying. I don't like that being when I'm, rep- you know, when I'm representing a seller, yay, <laughs> it's great. It makes the sale so much smoother. But when I'm representing a buyer, like sometimes it causes me to lose sleep. It makes me so damn nervous. Like what should a buyer be looking out for to cover their, let's say, call their assets, like their ass, but also their assets. Yeah, I think it's, I mean, you have to consider what can you actually get access to in a 20 to 30 minute showing time. Right. Right. It's pretty limited. So if I were to steer, steer people in a direction, I would have them look at three different things. First, your your major mechanicals. So your furnace, your AC, and your water heater. Um, looking at them, looking at their general condition, looking to find the data plate and trying to just get an age, uh, set an age for them. You know, all these mechanicals have an average service life. Right. Furnace is 20 to 25 years. AC is maybe 15 to 20. And then water heaters is 12 to maybe 15. It's crazy when I see water heaters that are like 20 years old. I'm like, any day, yeah. any day oh, this thing's going to go. And there's no rhyme or reason. It'll just start no. leaking or go out and it's it's done. But um, there's a there's if you just get the serial number off of them, you can go online after you leave the house. Just take a picture of it quick. Yeah, and go to go to uh, building-center.org, and you can look up probably ninety eight percent of any kind of furnace, AC, or water heater, uh, and get some just basic specs. You know what's the Sweet. age of it right here. Well, like I, it's e- really easy to see the age on water heaters. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. And then with the furnace, can you like if you take that front plate off the furnace, can you see dates in there sometimes? Well, I would say yeah. Or most, you're mainly seeing serial numbers. I would say sixty percent of the time it's in that upper uh, portion of the cabinet. Okay. Sometimes it's in the lower portion. If it's on there with you know hex bolts, you're probably not going to be able to get at it. But a lot of okay. times it's either just a, a, a lift up panel right. or has just little thumb screws. Okay. So yeah, just take that off real quick. It takes 60 seconds, peek in there, take a picture of that serial number, and then look it up. At the same time, when you're looking in there, just peek around. Is it? Is it? I mean, covered with rust? Is it yeah. dirty? Is it making weird noises? Just kind of use your senses to, to assess, you know, is this a, in good working condition or is it on its last legs? Okay. That's good to know. Um, okay, so what are the other, you said three things. Yeah, what are, second what would be, I, I don't think this is done hardly enough, but... In the wintertime here, or spring break, wear boots, dress warm, go around the outside of the house. These things are, are visual kind of indicators of how well this house has been maintained. So look at the siding, look at the roof, the gutters, look at the deck. Um, you know, is it are things in a maintained condition or mm-hmm. is it in a state of neglect? Mm-hmm. You know, we touched on kind of home maintenance almost becoming a lost art people just don't know how to do simple things or they get they're they're so busy with work and and family that they they don't spend the time maintaining their house you mean like me and my doorbell that doesn't work yeah (laughs) that's a pretty simple thing but when you get to a house where like the deck is completely rotted off yeah and it's when there's signs please don't go on the deck for your own safety you're like um what else are they not taking care of around here so use yeah you're using these things to kind of build a case for what kind of yeah. person lives here and are they maintaining things or not? Yeah. And the last thing is just assess the overall condition and the cleanliness of the house. I mean, did they take effort in prepping the home for sale or is there stuff laying everywhere and they didn't put any effort into it and they're just hoping to take advantage of That's this always concerning. crazy market? And yeah. 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 Um, 
I did a post recently on social where I said, um, you just getting your house ready for sale will literally look like the perception of value is there that because you've taken care of your house, buyers equate that to value. Yeah. So just the fact that if a house is like a total pigsty, you're like that, like if they live their life, when was the last time they changed their furnace filter? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Have they ever had a fur- an HVAC tech out to tune up the furnace? Right. The AC or, you know, yeah, that's anything. terrifying how many people don't even know that that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, those are three awesome tips. Okay, so for, like, this is really scary for buyers. Like, what are you telling buyers out there, like, when you're doing inspections? As far as skipping them or? Well, like, yeah, I mean, I suppose if people are skipping an inspection, you're not even talking to them at that point. Are you doing, like, pre-inspections at all? So, in the beginning of 2021, January and the and a good chunk of February, the, like the walk and ago. talk consultations yeah. is uh, is the majority of what we did. Okay, it was just we're just on call and we're trying to help people, um, at least not going completely blind mm-hmm. when they feel they have to make a non contingent offer. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we we've done a handful, but nowhere near the ratio that it was last okay. year. So it's 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 definitely a crazy market, but it it doesn't seem like it has the intensity that it did last year, at least yet. You know, we're still, you know, pretty it does. Early. Yeah. I think, I think what you're not seeing is that people are just buying with no inspections. Sure. Sure. That could be. Yeah. I mean, like offer houses are getting like 30 plus offers on them right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think what, what, what it's always concerning when, like you were saying, when, when I don't think it's good for any party involved. No. When it's so much liability for sellers yeah. and well, for, and for the agents and for yeah. everybody. Yeah. So from the buyer's standpoint, yeah, they, they, they're, Right now, they're forced to pay top dollar. A lot of times, over asking or over appraised right. value. Um, they have really a limited idea of the condition of the home, the mechanicals, mm-hmm. or anything that they're walking into, um, and you know, just hoping for you know to win the offer and have a smooth transaction. Mm-hmm. It, it it it's a scenario that doesn't give them any kind of confidence whatsoever, or or feel good that hey, I'm getting the, the home know? that I love, and it's yeah. exactly what I want. Right. The sellers, kind of like you were saying, if you don't list everything on that seller's disclosure, what's going to come back to bite you? What right. did you forget about? Right. You know, if it's something obvious like that, we're. I think we're really fortunate here. I I I, I belong to a kind of a national association of home inspection owners. And the Midwest is lucky because we don't have the litigation issues that they do in, in the East Coast or the West mm-hmm. Coast. I mean, it's it's truly, oh, you didn't you know do this or you didn't list this on your seller's disclosure, we're going to court. Yeah. Uh, we don't have that as much here. No, I feel like that's pretty tame here compared to what it could be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then, like you were saying, this, the, the agents too, if there's no inspection that takes place as part of that process... Now the listing and the buyer's agent are the only two real estate professionals that have been in that house and are advising these parties to do that transaction. So it opens us you, up to a lot of risk. It does, yeah. and it's and, and and if litigation does take place, yeah. those agents are most likely going to be listed. Well, and I feel like there's a lot of agents, especially on the listing side, that may have material facts about properties that they're supposed to be disclosing yeah. that. They don't always are like, well, that one's gray area. So we just won't even talk about that. Yeah. And that that kind of stuff can really come back and bite you in the butt later. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I. That's all this risk part of it. I hate. Um, 
what should buyers be doing or what should actually sellers be doing to prep their home so when the buyer comes in and ha- gets the luxury of having a home inspection that the inspection is easy clean and you're not like taking 8000 pictures of things that need to get repaired yeah yeah so like proper home maintenance is it's really an everyday game i mean it's you know you see in the movies where oh we're going to home depot again we're going to bed bath beyond every weekend it's 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 a constant yeah. uh game of upkeep on the house so if you've not done that or you've neglected you know areas of the house you might have a pile of work in front of you in order to get that home truly sale ready uh, but the things that I would recommend kind of just off the cuff would be, one, get that furnace tuned up, the furnace and AC tuned up and certified it's safe to use. Okay. It's maybe 200 bucks to have an HVAC tech mm-hmm. come on and do that. For That is so inexpensive compared to the peace of mind that it provides. Yeah, absolutely. And I think and people, I think sellers always think that's going to be more expensive. They're like, well, what if they find something? You're like, well, it's going to be it. more of a disaster down the road if you're yeah. already in a purchase agreement. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, along with that, just change your furnace filter. I mean, those. These <laughs> I are always tell really that to sellers. Simple things. I'm like, we are having a home inspection this week, and if you haven't changed, go and check your furnace filter yeah. to make sure it's not filthy. Uh, declutter, clean your house. Yeah. Uh, make sure your your smoke detectors and carbon monoxide alarms are in the right places and working. Um, they only last for you know five to ten years, so they do need to be replaced from time to time. Um, make sure you leave, you know, access to your electrical panels, to your attic access points, to crawl spaces, things like that. So the inspection goes a little bit more smoothly. Um, the, is that a nightmare for you it, when you go in and a house is totally cluttered and you can't even get access to what you need to look at? It can be, you know, we pre-communicate everything to the seller's agent. Uh, we don't ever, we rarely have access to the sellers. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it says right in there, Hey, we do access electrical panels, your attic space, any mm-hmm. crawl spaces, please make these play, you know, available to us and not cluttered. Uh, I would say the worst one is probably attic spaces. A lot of times yeah. the hatch will be in a master bedroom closet and there's just clothes. <laughs> you can't everywhere. Even get so to it's, it. it takes me, sometimes it'll take me 20, 30 minutes to take the clothes down, oh get access, go do yeah. my thing. And then you know, put it all back so that's you know otherwise it can get dirty and nasty so yeah it's um that's that seems like a pain in the butt for you it's and it just slows like, us down for yeah. sure yeah but it's not it's one of those places where for whatever reason the roof and attic spaces are one of the the first things every buyer asks about hey well you know how much insulation do i have what's the roof look like um so it's super important to people mm-hmm. yeah yeah um, if we keep going down the list, uh, you know, maintain your deck. That's another area where people think they can just put up a structure and it doesn't and never need any look attention. At it again. Yeah, it's right. It needs to be cleaned and restained, you know, every two, three years. You know, Minnesota winters and the sun that we get in the summer, it weathers things. Mm-hmm. So if you want that deck to last 12, 15 years, you got to maintain it. Um, check for leaks at any sinks and fixtures. Make sure you have, you know, all your outlets and GFCIs are working. Um, check for, you know, proper operation of your windows, you know, things, it's just the basics of, of a functioning home. You know, it's, it's amazing nothing how crazy. many windows don't open in older houses. Oh yeah. I'm yeah. like, this actually is a fire hazard because if there's a fire, you cannot get out of this house. Yeah. You have to like throw something through the window to escape. Yeah. And then cut yourself along the way. Right. That's crazy. So we actually have, uh, if you go on our site, there's a checklist for sellers to, to, just download, Ooh, good print to it know. off, okay. and just kind of go walks you through some of the basics okay. to make sure that it's it's sale ready. 
All right, I'll have to look at that. Um, what what are the, some of the biggest things that you're seeing in home inspections, especially here in Minnesota these days? So when I say biggest biggest things, I'm looking at like a, a resource uh, heavy, you know, whether it's, you know, money to replace or repair things. So one we just touched on would be deck structures. Okay. Um, they all wood so expensive right now. Wood is extreme. I mean, a, a pretty basic deck is going to cost you 15 to 20 grand. Right. I mean, it's... Remember it's, back in the day when a deck was like five grand? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ooh, I got a fancy deck and it yeah. cost me five grand. And now you're like a generic one with hardly any bells and whistles and maybe not even any railing is yeah. like 20 grand. It's, it's it's insanely expensive. Yeah. Um, and that's it's one of the areas too where um, I think people think they can, anybody can put up a deck. Right. Um, and there's actually a residential deck code. And a lot of the, the codes are geared around safety you mm-hmm. know when we when we see a deck pull away from a house what do we need to do to fix that mm-hmm. when we see you know deterioration or whatever what do we need to do to put in in place so that people don't hurt themselves so that's another area where we get a lot of decks that are just not built to code it, even new decks like ones that are built by professionals like, like really high-end not... contractors oh wow yeah that's crazy yeah like you think that you're hiring a contractor and that you're going to get it done right. But I'm sure these codes are changing all the time. And if someone isn't totally staying right up on top of that. They don't change all the time. But I think what happens is even the builder would think that, you know, hey, anyone on this team should be able to put up the deck structure, right? Oh, so, hey, you know, yeah. Tommy, go do it. Yeah. And, you know, he doesn't know how it needs, the ledger needs to be fastened to the house. Or he doesn't know how the support roasts need to be, you know, on the joists or whatever the case might be. But You don't even think about that. No, no. Especially when you're hiring a professional to do it. Yeah. And, and and to the the normal home buyer, they have no clue what they're looking at. They no. don't know if a deck is safe or not or right. if it's done to code or Ooh, that's kinda of terrifying. Yeah. Every once in a while you hear the stories of like people are like, Oh, we had a party on the deck and the deck collapsed and yeah. two people died and you're like, Oh wow, yeah, that is a thing. Yeah, it is a thing. It is you don't hear about it too often, but it's a thing. All right, what else do you see? Any um, other crazy things you're seeing? No, I mean, for the biggest resources, again, aged and neglected mechanicals. Yeah. Again, not maintaining those. Uh, third would be water intrusion. Um, so some basements that were either they don't have gutters or the grating is terrible. You go into the basement and you get that musty smell right away. And you, you look at the foundation walls and you got, you know, paint that's peeling off or stains on the wall. That can be, you know, a, a potential issue, a big potential issue for some, especially if you've got respiratory issues or something like that. Well, you and I had that house. Um, we're not going to name the city that's nearby where we are recording right now um, that had all the water stuff in the basement. Yeah. There was a pond in the backyard. Yeah. And I think really what it was was groundwater that was seeping up in through the concrete floor. Yeah. It's like, how in the hell would you ever get rid of that? Like, that buyer was so scared, we ran for the hills. Yeah. And the sellers did everything in their power to keep that deal together. But, like, we just couldn't even make sense of that. It just... Without doing some serious uh, kind of repairs to, to manage right. that water better, you couldn't even finish the basement. No. And then unusable. you're losing out on an extra thousand square feet. Yeah. And then when you go to sell it, you have to disclose all that. Yeah. Like, that is just... It's a nightmare. Absolutely. But yeah, that buyer ran for the hills on that one. He's like, no, I, I <laughs> this is way too terrifying. Um, the next one, we don't see a ton, but, you know, significant cracking or settlement in foundation walls. Mm. Um, that's usually a, a, a big expense to get repaired right. 
Um, Do you see that in newer houses? I see that in a lot of older houses in Minneapolis, but have you run across that in newer stuff? No, not not too often. Okay. Um, I think we've we've gotten a lot smarter with how we yeah you, know, you do our foundations and you know do water tests and and things like that to make sure that we're not setting that home up for failure okay uh compared to that's good 75 years ago yeah um and the last one would be kind of just general neglect you know when when nothing has been maintained and everything is beat up um it just it, it's going to take somebody time to put the elbow grease in to to bring it back up to par yeah that's super scary for me Especially when you're like, okay, well, there's potential here, but how much is this going to cost? Especially, I I just say, uh, when I have a client that's handy, I feel like nowadays that's a rarity. Yes. So I'd say the majority of my clients are either A, not handy, or B, don't have the time to even think about being handy Mm because they're too busy working to pay the bills. And so then if you have to hire all that out... I take it for granted. I'm from a super handy family also. So like people are like, how much does this cost? I'm like, well, I, I know it's going to be dirt cheap if I have my dad do it. Yeah. But if you have to actually hire someone, I don't know. I can't even begin to get an idea of what that's going to cost. Yeah. Even a simple trip charge for an electrician or a plumber or HVAC, like, it's 200 bucks plus. Yeah. Without even without them even walking in your door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so nuts these days. It's really, it's really scary for First-time homebuyers, you too. You see these these young kids that are putting yes. everything they have into this, and I just half I, million dollar house, yes. and you're like, oh my god, this house needs so much work. I was like, I, I, I'm just hoping you've got some reserves to yes. kind of maintain things as they come up because they will. Yeah, that's it. Is that is really scary? That I don't, I think there's that's a whole we could podcast have a whole another podcast about that, but I feel like. Buyers aren't maybe always set up to succeed in that regard, knowing mm-hmm. that, okay, it's just more than paying your electric bill and having some internet and a house payment. Like you really need to have money set aside to be maintaining your house. Cause if your furnace goes out, that's going to cost you five to 10 grand yep. depending on the size of your house. And I think good agents help kind of have that conversation yeah. and steer them towards the right houses for them Yeah, because it's easy to kind of get caught up in the marketplace and get yourself into a home that, you really can't afford. Like I said, that is a whole nother top. That's a whole nother thing. It is, it's truly terrifying with that people don't set themselves up for success that way. Um, so how has the market changed? And like, how has like 40% of the buyers that aren't getting inspections, like has any of that, have you seen an impact on that in your business and how you approach your business? You know, it really hasn't affected due north i think for a couple reasons one um we're uh, we're still very new you know to where we've basically had the same market conditions for the last Mm -hmm. three years yeah since you've been in the business it's only yeah it's been the same yeah And, and and like part of our mission is to just inform and educate people's mm-hmm. on the condition of their house so they can move forward with confidence and comfort if, if that's our sole mission, there's a lot of home inspectors out there that won't do the walk and talk consult consultations because they think it's taking away from what they really do or they won't do some of the other services that we do. But if our goal is truly to just give them as much information as possible mm-hmm. to make a, a smart decision, it, it's a no brainer for us. Yeah. So we offer, you know, a, a complete for, for a, a small home inspection firm like we are. We offer all the same services that 
the big guys do. You actually offer a lot more services than a lot of other companies in town do. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is totally a sidebar from our agenda here on our call, but on our talk. Like, t- give me a an idea of like some of the other things that you do. So just besides a regular home inspection, what are other things that you guys offer? We, we probably do radon testing on 60 to 70% of our home inspections. Yep, radon's high um, in Minnesota. We perform sewer scope inspections, uh, especially in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Um, we'll do air quality and mold detection surveys. Um, those, are, those are kind of the big ones. That covers probably 99% mm-hmm. of most people's needs. Uh, we include infrared imaging in all of our inspections. Um, the things that we're looking to add here this year would be like chimney inspections for people that still want to have wood burning fires. Oh my God, the chimneys are the death of me. They're yeah, so damn expensive, and you can hardly find a chimney in person that's not booked out six months. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. and 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 again, people. There's there's kind of an art to being able to have a fire, doing you know having a fire right. in your house and not smoking yourself out or creating a safety hazard. <laughs> it's true. True. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. So that's awesome. So I know like some of the other inspection companies I've worked with over the years, they would offer an inspection and radon and that's about it. And so then I would be outsourcing like, oh, we're in Minneapolis, so we really should get a sewer scope. And mm-hmm. what about this? And this is kind of weird. And we need a structural guy to come in. And mm-hmm. I like that's one of the things I love about working with your company is that you have it all like it's just all a cart. Like what part of, you know, what do you want added to your inspection? I'm like, yeah, this is like a one stop shop for me. Yeah, we try to make it as easy as possible. And so you've got to, you've got one call, one yeah. point of contact it's to take so care of all that nice. stuff. Yeah, then I'm not trying to like wrangle in like 10 different professionals for our one, two hour window that we have. Exactly. Yeah, you literally exactly. make it so easy for us. That's what we love about it. Um, What's a couple of like the worst things that you've ever seen in a house that like a buyer would have never known about had they not gotten an inspection? So I got four things here. Uh, the first one was actually uh, part of your team. There was a house in Edina. Oh, the mold. Beautiful house. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And when we went into the attic space, uh, it was a it, again big house, probably at two thousand square feet of attic, and over a thousand of it was covered in mold and mildew. Yeah. Uh, we had that come up on what, like three, two or three different properties back to back to back last year with yeah. you. And I'm like, okay, this is a trend. We need to stop. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that one was nuts. So if they hadn't gotten an inspection, they would have never known about that. Yeah. And the why? Why was all that mold in there? Um, it was it was a slightly older house, so they, they, it didn't have as much insulation as it should or, or up to today's standards. Mm-hmm. And then they had a bathroom exhaust fan that was terminating into the attic space. So when you oh, do that over the case of 5, 10, 15 years, it's yeah. just pumping humid air in there and it causes issues. You would die if you saw that house now. It's Completely so damn cool. Yeah. They've done so much work to it. It's It's night and day. You would not even recognize it. Oh my gosh, the total sidebar. All right, what else? That's yeah, that's um, scary. Mold in the attic is terrifying. Another scary one that people really don't know how to identify is lead water supply pipes. Uh, I think I've only seen that in St. Paul so okay. far, um, but that's kind of a, a scary one. Uh, I just like had what one. you see in Michigan with all their lead water. And- yeah, yeah. Especially if you've got kids in the house and stuff like that, it's just lead can be a really scary thing. So then, did you? What did you guys do for that? Did you test the water or? Uh, well, when it, if it's got a lead pipe like that, you can test the water, but you, you just need to get that replaced. Okay. Um, and I think the city of St. Paul has some programs to assist with that. But the last one I did, um, it cost 7500 bucks to, to replace oh, wow. that supply line. 
So that is like out to the street? Uh, like where the water supply comes in from the street? Be. It's yeah. all lead? Yeah, it can be. Wow. That's scary. And you typically, you typically don't see it until in the, you know, it's probably 75 years plus uh, yeah. age of homes and older. Okay. So that's one. Um, again, without a sewer scope, sewer line issues, mm-hmm. whether it's breaks, dips, tree root intrusion, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's kind of a, a, a headache waiting to happen. That's sometimes. a huge ticket item. I had that in my house in Edina. It was cost me $10,000 and that yeah. was like 10 plus years ago. There's no such thing as a cheap uh, sewer no. line repair. No. I mean, the cheapest thing they can do is probably three grand. And my whole yard was t- tore up, so then I had to relandscape everything mm-hmm. on top of the $10,000 repair bill. Yeah. It was a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and the last one I put down is obsolete electrical panels um, that are, you know, fire hazards. So, again, there's whether it's, you know, when we take the the, the dead front off the, the panel itself or there's just some brands of uh, electrical panels that are known fire hazards, just mm-hmm. calling that out and say, hey, this needs to be replaced. So it's why isn't there like some sort of mandatory thing that like those bad panels like get called out or have to be like recalled or updated like when a property changes hands? Like why isn't that a thing when that so can be so dangerous? Yeah, I, I that's a good question. You think at least uh, Minneapolis and St. Paul with yeah. you know their Tish requirements would call that out, but the the Tish is pretty topical sometimes. Yeah. So. Yeah, those, all of those things that you mentioned are terrifying and could cost you double digits to get fixed. Yeah. And that doesn't even account for all the little things that you would come up on a home inspection. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't... We I haven't seen any mold in attics recently, but, yeah, we had, we had several of them back-to-back last year. Yeah. And our mold guy was like, yeah, keep them coming. He was <laughs> he was thrilled to do the work. But yeah, that was crazy. And you and I had one in Chaska too. And, yeah. you know, they're like in the medical profession. They're like, heck no, we don't want any mold in our house. Mm-hmm. So like what happens if like that's left? So like say that house in Edina where it had the mold in the attic. And what, what would happen if that was left untreated or even on you're unaware that that was even there? I think two things. One, if, if somebody moves in with... Um, kind of respiratory, you know, issues, or they're sensitive to mm-hmm. things like that. It's 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 going to affect them. Um, probably not as much being in an attic space as it were in the livable portion of the house, mm-hmm. but it could still affect you. Um, two, if it was never addressed, you're still pumping humid air in there. Eventually, it's going to start to affect the integrity of the roof structure. Um, so at mm-hmm. some point, when you re-roof, you might have to re-sheath. Uh, the entire roof or portions of it. You mm-hmm. might have to look at the uh, the structural integrity of your trusses, things like that. But th- so that it, could, that's a that pretty could cost extre- you a lot of money. It could. I mean, that's an extreme case where something has been going for quite a while yeah. unnoticed, probably. Oh my god, I might not sleep tonight. This is all <laughs> terrifying. Um, what's your best piece of advice for buyers in this market? I think it's. Threefold: Be patient, um, but be ready to be aggressive when you find the right one. Um, don't get discouraged. There's, you're going to be, you know, dealing with, you know, upsets and, and missing out on houses. And then third is is work with an agent that partners with a great inspector, yeah. that can either perform walk and talk consultations 
or has the availability to get in there with a really tight inspection window. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I love about even just like logging into your site. I'm like, you used to call me and you're like, do you need something? I'm like, now I'm just like checking your availability <laughs> while we're writing an offer. I'm like, I have my clients here. And I'm like, can we do a two-day inspection? How quickly can you turn this around? Yeah. So I'm like, nope, I'm just checking the site. But just even having having a really um, easy-to-use site that involves technology and syncs up with your calendar, like being able to check that while I'm writing an offer at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night is super key. Yeah. Or like, locking down that position so you know you're ready yeah. to go and... A day or two. Yeah. And like that, that makes all the difference in my world. It's huge. Well, Gary, this has been a fun conversation. Where can people find you? You can find us online at dunorthinspections.com. Okay. Or on the socials at uh, Instagram, we're at at dunorthinspections and Facebook, we're at dunorthpropertyinspection. Okay. And you're, I love that, like, on your social media, you are, like, you put educational stuff out there. You put, like, tips and things to know. Um, I would say you're, like, one of the best inspectors in town with actually, like, getting out and putting info on social media. I appreciate I think that. a lot of them are just, like, old school, and they're like, what? Social media? What? We don't have that. I have Facebook so I can talk to my grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, like, you know, using social media as a tool to build your business I think has been one of the great reasons that makes you so successful. Yeah, so. absolutely. It's been a it's been a, a big networking tool for us. Yeah, it's awesome. Thanks, Gary, for being here today. This was a really awesome conversation to enlighten us about like what's happening with home inspections and what like a really awesome home inspection company should offer as services. Hint, hint, other home inspectors out there, like you need to up your game, um, and really just kind of just put us at ease about like okay. These are things that we, you know, if we have a good home inspector, like we should be good. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing too is, is um, even though some things are scary when they're reported to you, everything can be fixed. And a lot of home inspectors are not great at delivering the information. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them are really all about like the scare tactics. Yes. There's one company in town in particular that that really thrive on the scare tactic and they're terrifying to me as an agent. I've been in the business for 25 years. Yeah. yeah. So I like that you have like a really nice like bedside manner and like your delivery of the information is like, okay, here's what's happening and here's how we can fix it. Yep. Everything's yeah. got to fix. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was uh, a really fun experience. Well, thanks for being here. Your first podcast. Yeah. Well, Bus Bench Babes, until next time, keep being a badass boss babe and for the love of God, keep your face off a bus bench. Okay, girls, are you feeling as inspired as we are? We're over here cheering you on because you just finished another episode of the Girl, Get Your Face Off a Bus Bench podcast. If you want more, head over to girlgetyourfaceoffabusbench.com for show notes and more episodes. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. They mean the world to us and they're what keep us going. Girl, thanks for being here.